My name's Josh. And my name's Brett. Welcome to Apticast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast, episode number 24. My name is Josh Toll, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brett Roberts. What's going on? What's going on? There's a lot going on. There is a lot, a lot going on. In the, in the gaming world, there's a lot going on this week. Um, as we both know, and everybody knows, and the entire world knows. So, yeah. The next-gen consoles launched. It's here. The future is here. Welcome to the future. We got them, and we're going to talk about them today on this episode. That's accurate. Of Hapticast. So, that's right. So, this entire episode, human beings watching this, is going to be dedicated to next-gen consoles and next-gen games, okay? So, we're going to be doing some quick comparisons of the UI um, and the user experience of both consoles and some features that we like about both um, the Xbox series consoles and also PlayStation 5. We're going to be doing a comparison between this gen as far as launch games goes compared to last gen as far as their launch games go. We're going to be talking about both companies' approaches, so Microsoft and Sony's uh, Xbox and PlayStation's approaches to next-gen upgrades for their games and getting you the best version of the game that you could be playing on your next-gen consoles. And then rounding out our main topics with um, just some tips and tricks about PlayStation um, and kind of a little guide and tutorial, if you will, for new PlayStation owners, um, some stuff that we think is important. And then, of course, rounding out the very bottom of the show with our Indie Intel segment um, that we always do. That's so, right. Brett. With that being said, what do you got for me? I know we're going to be talking about games um, a lot, and specifically the next-gen games that we've been playing. But before we get into that, what else you got going on? Anything? I've just been working, doing my thing, uh, working on some stuff for the, the channel, some uh, sp- surprises and stuff. We talked about it last week a little bit, the uh, mm-hmm. Game Awards stream, mm-hmm. uh, more info to come. Um, yep. Besides that, I've just been watching uh, a little bit of stuff on our Plex server. I've been watching Devilman Crybaby. Ooh, did you finish it that? again yet? I am uh, on episode four. So Damn. I'm getting okay. there, but it's something I'm just kind of picking up, putting down, picking up and putting down um, mm-hmm. in between me playing games and sleeping. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sounds yeah. about right. That's that's really all I've been doing. Um, doing stuff around the house. Mm hmm. Talking to you. That's it. Yeah. What about you? I, uh, uh, well, besides games, which again, we're going to get into a second. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, <laughs> I, I've been, I mean, I'm still rewatching the Halloween franchise. I watched Halloween five. Yeah. No. That's what I figured. No, it's, mm-mm. nope. What a damn shame. It, it's, it's the first Halloween movie where I was like, wow, this is fucking utter shit. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad Yikes. and very hard to watch. Um, I don't recommend watching it at all. Um, and then besides that, I'm still reading Dune. Occasionally, I'm trying to read a little bit every night. Um, but it's hard when I'm dank. And, you know, I'm when you're up till 3 a.m. playing video games. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to read a very dense novel. And I'm like, I read three words and I'm like, I believe it. And we talked about um, last week how Dune is very interesting. 
yeah it's just it's i mean it's basically written in a different language yeah so which speaking of i'm still a uh, little by little i was off of it for a little while um because for those of you that don't know we were going to japan obviously and then you know COVID-19 fucking swept the world, took took the world by storm, if you will. That's right. And uh, we had to push our trip to next year. And I started learning Japanese for our trip. And then when we officially canceled the trip, I was like, eh, I'll get back to it later. Um, so I started again the last couple of weeks, just doing a little bit through that, you know, app that I've been teaching myself. Yeah. Bad idea to take a break, dude. Oh, now you forget Bad. it all? I don't forget. I remember how to say things and what things mean, dude. I can't read it for shit. All the characters I, mem I memorized, they all look the same now. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm like, bad. what the fuck is all of this? That sucks. Yeah. So I, I'll have to start trying to learn a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I don't need to know the entire language. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to get enough to be able to vaguely communicate when I'm there and yeah. not seem like a total douchebag. I was gonna say, like, the main things I would want to learn in Japanese are like ways to thank people and be kind in mm -hmm. Japanese because I don't want to be like a foreigner douchebag. So like I would want to just learn how to say like thank you so much. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean Eric Arigato is just the the normal yeah, thank yeah. you. Um the the longer form of it is um oh my god. I just forgot it. See? Or something like that. Arigato Arigato gozaimasu. It's like thank you very, thank you very, thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Is like, um, dude. Uh, see, yeah, it's gonna take me a minute to recall all of it. So yeah, I would just want to be really that polite. Happen. That's all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to. Uh, I know a lot of people in Japan speak English, especially mm -hmm. in Tokyo, where we'll be for a a chunk of time. Um, but I don't want to be that douchebag American that's like, yeah, you fucking speak English or what, dude? <laughs> it's, expect them in their country to speak our language. <laughs> right. Because uh, the when I went to France, uh, this was back in high school, dude, I made that mistake. Well, first of all, I, uh, I don't think the French people are quite as polite and kind as Japanese people are. Um and I made the mistake of being in some, being in like a shop and asking them in French, do you speak English? And they literally just stared at me and they were like, no. God like, damn. All right. My bad. Yeah. My bad. And you were like a um, kid too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to be that person. Exactly. You know? So anyway, but that's it. Besides okay. games. Well, let's so, talk about the games. Let us talk about the games, Brett. What games do you want to start with? Chronologically. So we'll start with what okay. came out first. So with the Xbox, what were you playing on your Series X at launch? Yeah. So to preface, obviously, uh, for those of you that don't know, both Brett, Brett and I got both uh, next-gen consoles. So the Series X. Uh, and then he got, Brett got the uh, PS5 disc edition. And I got the excuse me, the digital edition. Uh, on the Series X, uh, the first game I played was uh, Doom uh, Eternal. Um, did not play it, even though I bought it, which now is a big mistake since it's on Game Pass. Um, Doom Eternal is on Game Pass now, so I was playing that. That game fucking slaps, dude. Uh, I mean, it just, it's it knows exactly what it is, and it's nothing more or less than exactly what it is. 
Exactly. Um, I picked that one that, up too. That was the yeah. that was the one game I played on the Series X. Yeah, that's just that's all I need from it. I just need heavy metal playing while I'm just fucking slaying the shit out of fucking demons. Uh, yeah. And that's all that game is. And hey, I was looking in, in the settings on my library on there, and I don't even think mm-hmm. that game is technically Series X uh, enhanced yet. It's not. And You're it runs correct. really well. Dude, first of all, it, and we're going to get into some of the features and stuff in a little bit, but it loads instantaneously. Yeah. It like takes two seconds. Um, I don't even know why they even bother having that flash, that splash screen up when it loads. Yeah. It should just, well, I know it's not optimized yet for Series X, but it should just fade to black and fade up like a lot of the other games are. Yeah. Um, and it runs like a dream. It looks fucking incredible. Um, yeah. And that game just slaps hard. It does. Um, all right. What else were you playing on your Series X? Uh, I was playing. I just wanted to try out some backwards compatible games just to, to test yeah. out that feature. So I tried um, Call of Duty Black Ops 1. I loaded that up oh. just to see how it looked. Uh, yeah. How it played or whatever. Because that's the. It's fine. That's the one I would be playing zombies on. Um, that's right. like the zombie for me, Call of Duty Zombies. Like that's the one. The package, yes. Yeah. So I tried that out. Uh, more so played uh, Sonic Generations because I know that game had like a 4K update for the Xbox One X. So yeah. I figured it would look pretty good on the Series X too, and it did. And the load crisp. times were fucking. There were like none. And in a game yeah. like Sonic, where like everything's moving so fast, it's nice that mm-hmm. like everything, including the loading screens, is moving fast too. Right. Um. Yeah. So I, those are like the two big ones. I played a couple more that were on Game Pass. Oh, I played Battlefield, mm. uh, Battlefield Five, oh, right. mm-hmm. and I was not impressed with that game. But I played a couple games yeah. in multiplayer, and then I was like, "Oh, it's kind of fun." And I was kicking ass yeah. actually. So yeah, the multiplayer, the sandboxy nature of that multiplayer is. Yeah. Uh, I know what we like usually the most about it. Yeah, especially like sniping. I remember we were big on sniping. And that's yeah. what I was doing in this. I had a rifle and I was just sniping guys. Yeah. Um, the only, I mean, besides um, Doom, I downloaded and played a little bit of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah. Uh, it was, honestly, it was an impulse buy. I was like, I want something else to test out. I, none of these backwards compatible games are appealing to me except for Titanfall 2, which I did download. And maybe I'll get around to it this generation finally. <laughs> um, How much did you spend on that, if you don't mind me asking? Valhalla? Yeah. It was only 60. Okay. So, bad news. Um, it actually has a free upgrade of the Xbox One version, which you could get for like 30 right now. Or, or 40. Or like there was like a really big sale. So That's all right. I'm That's sorry. fine. But anyway. It's okay. It's, at least it wasn't 70, which I'm... Yeah. Matter. And you got it digitally, too. This would have been... This would have been a right. disc, so... Right. Um, <clears throat> so, I bought that, right? And as we know, a lot of the conversation um, around these console launches are making sure that you have a TV that is going to give you the most out of them, right? Um, First of all, if your TV supports HDMI 2.1 instead of 2.0, allows it to go to 120 hertz for the refresh rate, so higher frame rates. Um, My main TV does support 2.1 and 120 hertz, but only at 1080p. and then, uh, I mean, it's a 4K TV, but for 120 hertz, for some reason, it's only 1080. Um, and then, of course, the other big conversation is VRR, right? Variable refresh rate, which is essentially VSync for televisions. And I know there were um, some issues with Assassin's Creed and the VRR, right? 
Yeah, so I got into Assassin's Creed, and by the way, it, it looks fucking gorgeous, and it runs well, except there is so much screen tearing. Uh, not so much in gameplay, um, but every time you go into a conversation or there's a cutscene or some type of cinematic or you um, actually run into like a new area um, mm -hmm. or travel into a new area, um, there's a lot of screen tearing. Um, and it's really, really hard to just ignore it and move past it because it happens so frequently. Um, and this is because of it, the, the TV screen, right? Your monitor not matching the frame rate that's being put out. Uh, by the game you know the the issue being that usually like when you watch a movie or a tv show right usually mm -hmm. it's a it's a consistent frame rate when you play games um unfortunately you know games can have variable frame rates so when every time the frame rate changes you'll see half frames or whatever which will cause screen tearing and shit like that so uh that is what is happening and it's really hard to get past so mm. i'm actually considering just <laughs> Not for that game, but in general, getting a new TV that supports some form of VRR or G-Sync, V-Sync, whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, out of anticipation of some other games this gen having that issue. It's not a bad idea. You can take your other TV and throw that in your office or your bedroom. and Right. But the problem is I have a 55-inch 4K TV that I used for a year in my office right now, too. Oh, no. So if I got this, this would go to my bedroom, and then I would have a 65-inch TV in here. And I'd like, I don't need all those TVs, you know what I mean? So I'd, yeah. I don't know. You need a fucking four, another 4K TV? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I don't, I feel like that's more so just an Ubisoft thing and something that they should probably patch yeah. rather than uh, me have to rush out to buy and buy, get a new TV. Yeah, absolutely. But anything yeah. else but, on Xbox? Not on Xbox, and no, I was literally just those two games because those came out. That came out. We got that Tuesday, right? Or yeah. the console came out Tuesday. Console launched on um, Tuesday. Yeah, you didn't get yours until Wednesday, unfortunately. That's right. Because GameStop is bad. But um, I got to tell you, Josh. Uh, although I got mine on Wednesday, mm -hmm. um, I didn't play much of it because on Friday I got something else. I right. know uh, you got it on Thursday, and that's the PlayStation Five. That is correct. <laughs> wow can't even wow is a good word and we're playstation fanboys listen like it's there's no secret here uh that's just how it is yeah but wow yeah let me tell you something about the playstation 5 before we talk about the games that we're playing for them it might be recency bias it might be the fact that i'm a shill um or a cuck or a fanboy if you will mm-hmm but the PS5 is a beautiful, gorgeous console that I absolutely love. It's not without flaw, obviously, yeah. but I mean, it might be the my favorite console that I've ever owned thus far. That's fair. It could be recency bias, but... Uh... Could be, but, you know, we'll get in, again, you know, our first main topic is going to be talking about the ui and features but i'm just saying the, the package the presentation oh, yeah. how it feels to experience that console and games on it feels very next gen to me you know more so than the xbox for sure oh absolutely sure. but with that being said before we get into more of that what so i know we've been playing like the same games but run them yeah. down for me what do you got all right so there's there's three big ones 
mm-hmm. got Astro's Playroom. You have yeah. Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Yeah. And you have Demon Souls. Yeah. And those are the my my personal big three that mm-hmm. I've been playing. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got a big four for you. Okay. Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales. I know what the fourth one is. Astro's Playroom. Bug Snacks. Fucking Bug Snacks, baby. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> Dude, I so I've only I only played probably like uh, an hour of Bug Snacks or so cuz the first the first night I got the console um on when it launched on Thursday, I like just jumped around a little bit to each game that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh I played the most of uh Demon Souls, obviously. Um which makes me want to fucking die. But um I played about an hour of Bug Snacks. Dude, it is so fucking funny. I mean, the game is very simple, right? It is like you said, it's literally just Pokemon Snap. Okay. Yeah. That that is the game. But I imagine the pitch for this game being like, all right, what if we make a game, right? And it's just Pokemon Snap, but it's a fucking meme at the same time. Nice. Every name, every word the name of all the species characters how they talk what happens literally catching the bugs feeding them to people on their arms turning into the fucking fruits or the food or whatever the snack is that that fucking bug snack was dude it's ridiculous and not only that we love it you have an all-star voice acting cast for no reason other than why the fuck not it's insane and it seems like they were literally directed they're like we want you to read this in the most ridiculous way possible and not act because I don't know how you could read some of those names and not be like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Let me ask you, does it play like, a, um, like you said, it's funny. Is it like a uh, a Justin Roiland game, like a Trover? Is it like that? That is exactly the way that it comes across. Okay. That is exactly, I don't think, it's not, it's not as maybe um, on the nose as that. Mm-hmm. But um, the way that it's presented is very that, because it's just so absurd. And it's literally like, you know, like some episodes of Rick and Morty where it's like, oh, I don't know, we got to go get the grumbo to stain the flungus and fucking chip chop. Like, it's it's ridiculous, dude. Chip chop. It's just ridiculous. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so those are your poor I only have three. I haven't, I haven't played Bug Snacks yet, so. Right. Um, but we both platinumed Playroom, Astro's Playroom. Yeah, and I have to say, man, what a delight Astro's Playroom was. If you're a dude, fan of PlayStation, like, that's a must play. It is such a nice love letter to PlayStation. Um, having, I you know, I haven't always been super tapped into the PlayStation ecosystem, but I know we both have owned every PlayStation console, um, and you know, been ingrained in PlayStation for a while. So to play that game and then get you know in in it, you get those artifacts or whatever, and to see some of the peripherals and things that they included with that, like that I knew existed but completely forgot about, was awesome and every time you would get a new one you're like oh shit i forgot that fucking stupid ass thing was a thing and it's yep. great um yeah not only that music... but also when you're playing the game the levels are inspired by playstation the yeah the little tight ropes are playstation one controller mm-hmm. cords mm-hmm. um there's playstation symbol flowers uh yeah. you know you'll see the little robots and each one is like a different character from a playstation franchise you know, you yeah. have Kratos, uh, Aloy, like it was just even like Resident Evil was in there, like mm-hmm. just classic games were in there. It was really cool to see that, you know? Yeah, it w- it was it had the, the thing that stands out to me most about the game is that it has such a um, robust and like 
uh, locked in design philosophy behind every part of it. And I'm not saying it's like the biggest technical showcase visually, right? Mm -hmm. um, it shows off the hardware and specifically the controller very well, right? Like it's a proof of concept, essentially. It's a very long and well-designed proof of concept for the DualSense controller, yeah. right? But it is designed so well. It, first of all, it's a good game fundamentally. Like it's just a fun platformer little thing, right? But it's designed so well with all of that PlayStation stuff in there that it is an absolute delight to play. Yeah, I agree. And like it was so fun and so good that like even going back and getting those last couple of trophies after I beat the game didn't mm -hmm. feel like a chore, especially with the, the feature that you can go on the PlayStation 5 and like look at the challenges and stuff. But right. just it wasn't a big deal. I let you know what I mean? I like playing it. So yeah yeah what a delight and that that studio <clears throat> wow i think they're called team asobi Axios. oh yeah asobi you're right yeah i think i think yeah. i don't want to yeah. i could be wrong team team asobi yeah i mean so they're they're a subset <clears throat> of sie japan but yeah team asobi yeah. they are awesome and they worked on i told you i've told you this multiple times um astrobot rescue mission for psvr it's mm -hmm. it's literally the same exact game as astro's playroom but in vr so mm -hmm you'll be like in the middle of the level and you have to like rotate yourself around and look around to see where he can travel around you. Um, but it's cool to see like how they took that concept because Astro's um, Astrobot Rescue Mission actually did really well review wise. Uh, it yeah. was like the killer app for PSVR. People mm -hmm. compared it to the Super Mario 64 of the VR. Yeah. So it's cool that we finally get to play it like not VR. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And they also did the playroom for PlayStation 4 which was a mm -hmm. camera uh, proof of concept de like demo type of thing for the PlayStation camera. Uh, right. And even that was charming and cool. But, you know, Astro, this the main character, wasn't a thing yet. So right. I think, honestly, Josh, Astro's got some mascot energy. So I agree with you. Um, I know Christian was mentioning to us the other day, and I know specifically his podcast, uh, Say Before Quitting, they talked about it. Um, and I have to agree. Uh, yeah. it feels like now is the right time because the point that Christian made was that like PlayStation doesn't have a mascot really. Mm -hmm. You know, you think of Xbox, it's Master Chief. Yeah. Right. Maybe for PlayStation, it should be Astrobot. I don't know. I'd be down for it. I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah, that game is awesome. And it, it, I mean, from the beginning, I just ear to ear, just a big fucking stupid smile on my face the entire time as I playing that because it, it, that. Man, I mean, we listened to people for months talk about that the DualSense controller for mm -hmm. months. To have it in your hand and experience all the haptics in it and the triggers and the the 3D rumble that they have inside of it, it's just insane, dude. It's very much like the Joy-Con, but on crack. Yeah. Because you know the Joy-Con has the rumble? Right. I did not expect that. I knew that the PS4 dual sense or PS5 dual sense had um, the triggers, but I didn't know it had that HD rumble thing that or 3D rumble, whatever you want to call yeah. it, mm. that the Joy-Con had. Because even in Miles, um, like you'll be on the subway in the, in the intro scene, and you can actually feel like the the subway on the tracks, like the gunk gunk that yep. the subway has. You could mm -hmm. feel it in your hands. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. It is yep. nuts. And when you get, so there's the Venom Powers in Miles, mm -hmm. which I guess we'll talk about that game next. There's that the Venom Powers with like the electric and stuff like that. Yeah. As you unlock more powers, dude, 
you're holding the controller you can feel like electricity surrounds miles dude you can feel like it feels like little just lines of electricity like encompass in your hands and then in new game plus you get this like explosion ability with the electric dude forget about it it's the coolest fucking vibration i felt in my entire life it's insane and we li <laughs> we listen to people talk about it for so long but to actually feel it is a whole fucking different experience i mean it is literally insane yeah I felt that way with the whole console too. We've seen pictures of it online. We've, you know what I mean? We've heard yeah. people talk about it. But when I unboxed it, I was actually like, holy shit, I actually have this thing. And the controller too, right. like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. Um, so with Miles, I know you haven't played a ton of it yet, mm -hmm. right? But I actually just beat it last night and I'm almost platinumed it. I, I literally only have to beat the game left as my last trophy on New Game Plus, that is. Gotcha. So it's, um, it's a very good game. How does it um, rank up with Spider-Man for uh, PS4? Um, I mean, I don't think... It's definitely not as fleshed out as that. Um, it feels slightly less repetitive than that game because I think they did some really um, interesting um, side quest designs and they took away some of the cumbersomeness of some of those side activities like doing the crimes and things like that with that app in the game that you yeah. have. So you can go back or you could see like specifically for like those crimes, you could like see all the bonus objectives that you did. And you can actually just press it in the app and rehab that objective. You know, like just oh, that's, that's helpful actually. Cause one of the last trophies I need for the original Spider-Man was like do a specific one. And I feel like that would combat that. Right. But if you remember in the original Spider-Man game for PS4, if halfway through the game, it switches over. So it locks you out. Yeah. of certain crimes that you missed yep. and you have to play the game again to go back to those that's not the case with miles okay. so they took away some of the cumbersomeness of some of those extra activities um and you know getting those upgrade tokens and things like that are important so that was helpful that they did that and i just want to clarify i don't think so but you don't feel that miles it feels more like an expansion if does this feel like its own game Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. It's, I mean, it, it is a full-fledged game. It's not as long. Um, I think I think the actual main campaign is what, like only like nine, ten hours, if that. Um, you know, but there's a ton of side stuff to do. But the the story content that is there is really has a lot of depth. Um, and the characters have a lot of depth. And they do, first of all, it's acted brilliantly for every character um the character models themselves are extremely impressive graphically i agree um and the facial animation specifically um you know we talked about ghost of tsushima a lot kind of breaking some boundaries with facial animation stuff this game does an incredible job specifically it's going to sound weird but there's a lot of very minute animations with nostrils and noses when people talk or get angry or things like that that i couldn't help i kept noticing it while i was watching it because there'd be like little nostril flares or whatever dude at one point finn rubs her hand across miles shoulder you can see the indents of her fingers on the fabric on his shirt like there's some wow. really really incredible very detailed animations um that help kind of bring everything to life but i don't feel like it's just like a dlc at all um that's good and it definitely sets up the next installment which obviously from the outside of this game we know that this next game is going to be peter and miles together doing their thing um they are the spider-men and um yeah, it has me excited to be invested kind of in this little, you know, 
PlayStation Spider-Verse, if you will. Very cool. Next up um, is Demon Souls. What'd you think of that? I think I'm further than you in that, whereas you're further in miles than I am. Dude, I was just playing it again before we started recording. The game oh, no. makes me so it makes me so sad, dude. The game makes me so sad and angry. I mean, I dude, I play it for like thirty minutes. I feel defeated. <laughs> I feel so defeated. I'm sorry. Um, and my the caveat is, I normally listen. I've never been great at Souls games at all. Um, and it's uh, it's just it's not t- typically my type of game, even though I enjoy the setup of it. But I we usually play them in co op right yeah um at least uh, some of the harder levels and we've always played them in co-op which to me is the experience i like with those games a lot right because then you're not just getting fucked by yourself you're getting fucked by your friends and helping them try to not get fucked you know yeah um but playing it solo is a very very lonely experience yeah Um, they're lonely games and defeating and you know as you know i continue to have those internet issues so i can't match make at all yep um so i'm flying solo and getting defeated solo so i'm sorry buddy but i mean it looks it looks beautiful runs really well it's a it's a great game and you know i just need to get good so yeah i think it looks beautiful i think it runs beautiful i think i'm so well first of all i'm just so happy it exists and the fact that it's a launch title is fucking crazy yeah um they did some cool changes because i did play the original i didn't beat it but um I'm actually at the point now where I was when I originally played it. So everything from this point on is all new. Yeah. Um, I just can't believe that it, it's a thing. I just can't believe that it happened and then it's a launch title. Can't mm-hmm. believe that it's Blue Point, which, by the way, kudos to them for every fucking game they do. Um, yeah. There's a rumor that they're going to be acquired by Sony, which would be huge. It would uh, be huge. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm loving it. I love it. So that was it. We went through all of them, right? Am I missing something? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, yeah. So great games. But why don't we why don't we skedaddle right here into our first topic? Okay. Bartholomew the Wise, as your uh, character is called in Demon Souls, right? Something like that. It's Bartholomew, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Unchained. Yeah. Um let's talk about some of these features. For these next-gen consoles that we have let's compare and contrast them a little bit about what is being offered and maybe what we like versus what we don't like with the actual just the consoles themselves and the system ui things like that okay, okay. what do you got what do you think where do you want to start here uh just like before let's start with the xbox since it came out first okay so we'll talk about like the the dashboard or the ui first because mm-hmm. that's the first thing that um stands out to me i turn the console on and that's what's there mm-hmm. it's it's unchanged from the xbox one it's a little more rounded but that's about it yeah that's really it uh it is snappier which is more of a hardware thing you know it is fast yeah because i know with my original i had the xbox one x mm-hmm. and i don't know if it was because the xbox was originally the xbox one was originally designed with so much bloat and shit on it that mm-hmm. thanks, every iteration of the yeah thanks don metric every version of the xbox one after that kind of suffered mm-hmm. and maybe they could like kind of start from scratch with this new console mm-hmm. i don't know if that's why but every xbox one i've owned has had like a really laggy Absolutely. dashboard 
Absolutely. You know? Um, and I like, so it's a little more rounded, so it's a little cleaner looking. They added now the animated backgrounds um, to the actual dashboard himself. So there's no themes yet. Um, I mean, for either console, but specifically for Xbox, there's no themes yet besides just changing the color. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have animated backgrounds. Um, and it they seem to have integrated like the store and the my games and apps thing into the actual overall system ui rather than maybe being separate apps i mean maybe they are still separate apps but it runs and is really snappy like it's very seamless yeah that's all i have to Um, say about the xbox do you want to talk about the playstation now to compare or do you want to just keep running on the xbox features um let's just run through xbox first and then we'll we'll swap over okay i guess um so, I mean, that's the dashboard, the, the UI, all the user interface, all that's unchanged, yep. but really the, where the, the next gen, uh, I guess experiences with the Xbox is the load times Yep. with games it's and the obviously the, the visual fidelity and the power. But I mean, you load there's uh, that there's no load times, essentially. They're basically non-existent. That's right. The games just literally load like. Do we were talking about Doom earlier, Doom Eternal, like that game mm-hmm. just loads so quickly. Uh, I was talking about a backwards compatible title, uh, Sonic Generations. It's just so quick and so snappy, yeah. you know. Um, and then you look at a game like Assassin's Creed, which is open world, huge game. I mean, instantaneously it loads. Um, and the other cool thing that I tried is the quick resume, um, which full disclosure, I did have it crash a couple of times or games crashed when I tried to use that feature. I know it's something that they'll update and work out. Um, but I, so for example, I had Doom Eternal and Assassin's Creed Valhalla running at the same time, right? I was in Doom Eternal, okay, playing it, finished the level. I was like, cool, just going to stop here, put it on pause, open up the menu, switched over to Valhalla. I was back in the open world in Valhalla within two seconds. I mean, to go from one game to a completely different open world game, mind you, instantaneously is really insane. And when I mean instantaneous, I mean, it's like immediate. I think it takes longer for my TV. My TV has the, I have the LG thing. So it has that like auto game detect thing or whatever. I think it takes longer for my TV to do that auto game response than it does for the actual console to switch over the game itself. Wow. (laughs) Which is insane so that's crazy but i mean that's really it for xbox though as far as like the features and things like that it's not listen it's 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 an xbox there's no real changes to the user experience besides speed um and visual fidelity um and that's it so controller got one little update that's it the d-pad yeah the the controller feels nice um it has the the new d-pad on it which i do like it's it's quick and crisp um, it has a little bit maybe like a refined grip on the actual controller itself I agree. Than, yeah. than the previous controller and the finish feels a little bit different. It feels good, grippy. But yeah, it feels very good. Like even if, you know, your hands are sweating, that stuff that is not going to fling out of your hands at all. Yeah. Um, it's good. And then I, I, so I mentioned it in the unboxing that I did, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. To me, it feels like the controller is just a tiny bit smaller. Like it feels just a little bit smaller in my hands. Like my hands fit around it a little bit more. Do you feel the same way or am I just insane? Do you think? I didn't play it enough to notice a difference, but I'll mm-hmm. have to check that out. I, I still have my Xbox one. Um, okay. You compare yeah. it and look at, I feel like the triggers might be a little bit different too, just the way that they're f- formed. Check that out and let me know because I'm actually curious. Okay. Because maybe I'm just insane, but 
No, it's possible. Um, all right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this next-gen stuff, and that's the PlayStation 5. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with the – how about just the boot-up and the dashboard like we did for Xbox? What are your yeah. thoughts? It's a completely new dashboard. Mm-hmm. It's a completely new experience. Um, I think that the way they separated the games and the media apps – Mm-hmm. is done really well at the top left mm-hmm. i think it is it actually has like a another menu mm-hmm. where it's like games media mm-hmm. um and i think that's nice because it doesn't clutter your your screen with all these stupid entertainment apps that you're never going to use uh, right so that's nice it keeps it clean mm-hmm. um i'm still getting used to the what is the thing that pops up from the bottom called on playstation do you know what that's called the tray i don't know that thing i'm still getting used to it um same it seems like that's almost like you know, on the PlayStation 4, when you hold the PlayStation button down and the little menu pops up from the side mm-hmm, and it has mm-hmm. all those things, it's it's that, right? Right. Just a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like the cards. I didn't think I was going to like the cards. The things mm-hmm. that are on that menu, the cards, the little squares or rectangles. Mm-hmm. I do like those. And you and I both talked about how useful they were in Astro's playroom, getting all the challenges yeah. completed. Yeah. Um, being able to just click play or resume, or I forget what the button said, but you could literally just jump yeah. right to that spot in the game. It would literally like fast travel you there. And then right. it has a little tip. I know you said yours weren't working, uh, but mm-hmm. there's a little video that plays and it shows mm-hmm. you exactly how to finish yeah. the level, you know, or the, or the challenge. Yeah. So. Um, and I feel like in general with the PlayStation, there was a lot of things that they showcased where I was like, that's cool. I'm probably not going to use it at all though. Yeah. And then, and then you get into doing it, and you're like, all right, let me try it out. And you're like, oh, shit, this is actually, like, yep. really useful and very cool. Um, but um, I also, uh, going back to the dashboard for a second, I love that they integrated the store into the actual dashboard itself. Oh, into the OS? It's so nice. Yeah, because similar to how the Xbox OS was slow, the, P- the PlayStation 4 OS was a abysmal sometimes when it was loading yeah. things wouldn't show up you'd have to launch the store it takes like fucking forever to load i mean even going to like your settings and things like that took forever on the playstation 4 so they've I, kind of streamlined and integrated all of it now absolutely and i do want to like play devil's advocate here because it is nice and it's sleek and it's modern and it's clean looking as well mm-hmm. um however it's kind of bare bones and i don't know if that's yeah. because there's not a lot of ps5 games out but it's backwards mm-hmm. compatible with ps4 that's you know what I mean? So like, mm. there's a lot of things you could download and buy on the PlayStation Five, and I feel like their their store is just kind of bare bones right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I also I think to the detriment of both consoles, as far as from a customization standpoint, neither supports themes right now, which seems less odd for the Xbox, but really odd for the PlayStation Five, since that was a really big part of the PS4 experience and. Thinking back to the last generation, I don't know if PS4 had themes at launch. I don't remember. Um, But I guess I could get maybe why the PS5 doesn't have them at launch. You know, whatever game you're on kind of changes the theme, which is cool. Like, it's visually, uh, like, pleasing. It's, you know, it's nice, clean to look at. But to me, that seems a little strange that there's no themes or anything for the PlayStation 5 specifically. I'm sure they'll add it. But um, same thing with not being able to put your games into folders. Like you could yeah. on PS4, which wasn't, which was not a feature at the launch of the PS4, and something they added. But it seems weird to have had that and now go back to not having it. Yeah, I mean, it seems as if the PS5's whole uh, interface was designed with themes not in mind, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think they really, I, honestly, I don't know if we ever will see themes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the switch has been out for several years and we thought that was going to have themes and all they have is the white one and the dark one. So, mm. yeah, I mean, listen, it's not a huge deal. It's, it's just like a little customization thing. Oh yeah. Listen, I love themes because the music, but, it would change the whole music of the dashboard, right. but it right. seems like with the PS five, like you said, the themes are basically just the game. When you hover over the game, the whole thing changes, the music plays. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. think that just might be what they're going to be doing, which kind of sucks. It's fine. Um, and it also seems like they really want you to use the uh, library system tray type thing for your games more so instead, which, by the way, it's nice that they added that you can sort it between what's downloaded. You can sort, you know, between the different types of games that you have, your your PlayStation Plus games, all that yep. stuff. Um, and the fact that like the Xbox, when you plug in an ex external hard drive, it just reads it immediately and organizes it for you, mm -hmm. um, which is nice. Very nice. Um, what else? Going back. The, so that system tray thing, again, we talked about the activities, which are great. Um, I have two issues with the system tray stuff. What's One that? is the tr the way that the trophies come up. Mm -hmm. I, I wish, so they have a couple of trophies right on the bottom. And it seems like to me, it is the trophies that you're either A, closest to completing, or B, are relevant to the part in the game that you are at. The level or something, yeah. Right. It seems like that's what it populates with. I would like it if they had something in that system tray where I could view all the trophies for the game so I don't have to go out of the game to look at the trophies and then come back to it. Right. So I want to be able to pull up all of them. That's actually one of my complaints about it is that you can customize that icon, the row of icons there, but you cannot add a trophy one. Right. Which is the would, first thing I looked for, actually. Yeah. You have to like... I actually have a hard time finding the trophies. You have to like go back to the actual dashboard mm -hmm. and like well, go to your profile. You, you can click on your profile in the bot. You can add your profile to the bottom and then click on it and then it'll have trophies on there, but okay. it still takes you completely out of it. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, so I wish, and maybe they'll add it, but I really wish they had it on the bottom there. Yeah. Um, so I could do that. The other thing I don't like is the game base thing. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is that... So they they have incorporated. So there is a whole separate screen for your friends and things like that. Oh, there's right. a separate That's party what screen. It is. But the game base has parties that you've been in, recent parties, and then all the way at the bottom of it, it has the friends that are online. Yeah. I first of all, if you want to incorporate those together, fine. Can we switch them, please? Yeah, and like, can we remove all of the parties I've been a part of? Get that the fuck out of here! I don't want that. It's like almost like a Discord feature. I'm yeah. like, I don't want that on here, please. It like creates a room instead of like a party chat. Because what happened right. was uh, you were online, and I wanted to chat with you. You mm -hmm. don't. I don't even know if you knew I did this. I joined a chat between me, you, and Christian, by because I, I clicked that. on it. I did know that you did that, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, it didn't invite you guys. I don't think. No, it just notified me that you were in there. That's so fucking and then I weird. went to, and then I went and joined it, and I was like, oh, I guess he wants to chat, and you weren't in there, and I was like, all right, he was confused like I was because I did yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I did the same thing when I got it, and Christian did the same thing because him and I jumped into a party, that party with all three of us yeah. when he got the console, and yeah, it's just I don't, I don't like that. That needs that needs to be overhauled. It's a it's a little confusing and it's not super uh, user friendly. Yeah, we either have to get used <laughs> to it or they have to overhaul it. I don't know what's going to come first, but I'm assuming we're probably just going to get used to it, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, but besides that, I mean, I don't really have an issue with anything else. Um, you know, it's, it's super snappy. That SSD is fucking doing all the work. Yeah. Um, 
super and quick, just like the Xbox. Yeah, it's great. And the load times are non-existent. I actually want to say that my load times are a little bit quicker on the PS5 than they have been on the Xbox. From my experience. Well, that could also I'm be also, because... But, but I'm also playing PS5 games. Exactly. And Xbox ain't got games, so I'm playing, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, so they might not, the, the games I'm playing on Xbox probably are not optimized. Yeah. Um, not a UI feature or like a console feature, but the c- controller, the DualSense itself. Yes. You mentioned it at the top of the pod. We talked about mm-hmm. how awesome it was, but I just can't, you know, stress enough how cool the DualSense is. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean that that is, the DualSense is the most next-gen feeling thing about that console and i want to and i want to compare and contrast a little bit more between the two of them and saying like the xbox is great it is powerful no doubt about it the series x is a powerful console but the series x feels much like a step up right an upgrade whereas the playstation 5 feels like a next generation yep if that makes sense and there's multiple reasons why that's the case Number one, the OS is completely different on the PS5, whereas the Xbox, it's the same. Also, the games, they didn't give us any next-gen games at launch that actually make you feel like you're playing a next-gen console, um, at least exclusive ones. Uh, You know, PlayStation, they put Astro's Playroom on there. We mentioned this earlier uh, when we were talking privately on on PlayStation. Astro's Playroom is a great showcase of what the console can do and why couldn't it's a killer app it's a killer app why couldn't xbox make a game like that a little demo you know they have so many franchises and properties they own that they could do that they have gears they have halo they have all the rare properties you know what i mean like they have they have so much they can work with they should have done something yeah um but yeah i mean that 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 controller is the beginning and end of the argument for next gen i mean it is and all of these people that are like, ah, you shouldn't be buying a PS5 right now, or like it's, or they're saying that the controller is a gimmick. If oh, you think that. the controller and the triggers are a gimmick, you haven't fucking used the controller. Yeah. Okay. It's not a gimmick. You know, it was a gimmick that was something similar, but not nearly as advanced, but something similar was the fucking Joy Cons on the Switch. Yeah. That HD Rumble is a gimmick. No one, okay? no, no one uses it. In any no one uses really. it. No one uses it. Every single game that is a PS5 launch title has some sort of utilization of the specifics in that controller. Yeah. I, I mean, Astro's Playroom is... You want an argument for why developers should use the controller? That's it. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man, you feel the subway, the electricity, the fucking adaptive triggers with the, the web slinging and feeling that tension. And then when you let go as Spider-Man, you feel the, the trigger release. Yep. It's, it, it, it is something that eventually we will come to not think about. We will just expect. And then when we don't have it, we'll realize that it's not there. Exactly. And this reminds me of when Xbox one launched with the, uh, the vibration triggers i forget what they were called right you know which, is, which are great and i yeah. love especially for shooters exactly um this is that but on crack it actually yeah. feels like there's motors inside the triggers that you'll try to push them down and it'll it'll stop you and you actually have to push a little bit harder you know yeah and the first time where i was like oh shit with the triggers specifically i mean astro's playroom you jump in you feel his little feet dinking on the metal and you could feel that in the controller which is so cool yeah. but that first 
like one of those first levels in Astro's Playroom is when you have the spring thing, the bouncy thing, the frog suit or whatever it is. Yeah. Dude, I pushed those in with the springs and I was like, holy shit. Yep. Like that is fucking nuts. And I, the first time I tried to press it down, I was like, why isn't it pressing down? I was like, oh, I'm not putting enough pressure on this trigger. That's why it's not pressing down. It, yep. It's nuts. It's fucking nuts. So there's two for me that I thought were pretty crazy. So my first experience in Astro's Playroom with the triggers was actually the rocket. The rocket one where you have to like hold both triggers down. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that one till last. I held them in a little bit and like the rocket, like you could see it like starting to go, but to actually Mm -hmm. launch, you have to like push it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And then the part where you're in the monkey suit. Yes. They didn't use this very much, but. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There were certain rocks where if you held onto it, it would break. So you have to like very gently push it down and like then you'd be able to like hold onto the rock. Dude, it took me way longer than I'd like to admit to realize that. I was yeah. like, why does it keep fucking breaking? And I was like, oh. You gotta be gentle. After like 20 minutes, I was like, I have to just touch it really lightly. Yeah, it was is, really cool. Um, that was like a, oh, shit moment, you know? Yeah. Um, they just, I just really hope developers, and again, like the launch titles, I think Demon Souls is probably the worst at it, but there's some interesting vibration stuff that they do. Well, hold on. Um, I want to say something. When that game was reviewed, people were saying like, oh, you can actually feel the different types of uh surfaces your sword hits and like i don't fucking get that at all no no that's bullshit i feel like like that game first of all they might update it uh you know for more controller support stuff because i know um there was a great digital foundry interview um with those devs and they're like we like there was a lot of stuff that we wanted to do with like the new hardware but we had to scrap to deliver the game at launch um so it seems like obviously they didn't have a choice yeah, uh, but whoever, whoever said that shit, you can feel Wrong. the monster's flesh. You can feel the the brick wall. No, you can't. Like, fuck. No, you can't. Um, so I think that that game does the controller a disservice. Yeah. Um, if you will, but stuff like Astro's Playroom, fucking even Bug Snacks and um, Spider Man. I mean, as long as there is buy in from devs, and I think it'll probably obviously be more so from first party devs, which makes sense. Um, as long as there's buy-ins from devs, uh, I am s- so excited to play games with that controller. Yeah, me too. I'm excited so. to play games like fucking Rocket League and fucking Apex, which we know it's not going to be that different, but right. you know what I mean? Like, I'm just excited to play it with that. Yeah. And I want to play a first-person shooter Yeah, with those. Which uh, Call of Duty is out, and it does have features with it, but we just haven't played it yet. I don't want to buy that game right now. Yeah. I really don't it's on sale um, yeah but speaking of games brett unless you have anything else uh ui feature wise no okay so why don't we move into talking a little bit about just comparing and contrasting this like these next gen consoles right yeah with the previous gen stuff um because something that you and i have talked about and that we've talked about on the pod is and we talked about i think last week was on our topics is the difference and the stark difference between launch titles for consoles this generation or this next generation versus last generation right we look at last gen you think xbox had the more launch titles right yeah um in general which playstation did have some but it was a little bit more bare bones or you look at this generation I mean, PlayStation almost has too many launch titles yep. um, compared to Xbox having none. None that are first party or exclusive. Sad. 
it is sad. So where do you want to start at with this? Well, well let's start with last gen, right? So okay. for let's PlayStation, we had um, Killzone. Killzone Shadowfall, correct. We, we had... Um, Which apparently is getting a 4K PS5 60 FPS update, by the way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we had for PlayStation Plus, we had Rezogun. Mm-hmm. Killer had, also has a PS5 upgrade, by the way. Very good. Contrast, which is very weak, not a great game. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, Knack? Was Knack. that a launch? That was a launch, yep. Yeah, Knack. What else? Am I forgetting that, one? That, those, no, those were pretty much the big ones. Yeah. Um, and you said... Yeah, no, th- those are the big ones. Okay. Yeah. But even though, like, even then, though, you played Killzone Shadowfall, right? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. It was, yeah. It, I think for me, first of all, it was a bad, a bad entryway into, um, you know, uh, the Killzone franchise because that's the weakest one. Yeah, and that's but weird. It's, because it's just fine. It's they're just like fine. launching a generation with and a console with like a game that's like the fourth one. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was fine. And you played Knack. I didn't play either of these. I did play Knack a little bit. I didn't love Knack. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, when the PS4 launched, it felt like a, a struggle to kind of find the games. The game that I played the most when the PS4 launched was Rezogun. Yeah, me too. Uh, that game was fucking nuts. And, and Call of Duty Ghosts, I think. Launch title. And Battlefield 4. But we're, we're not talking about... We're talking about exclusives here. So He's dead. Ladies and gentlemen, Call of Duty Ghosts killed him. He's a ghost. <laughs> Dude, that game fucking sucks. That is the worst Call of Duty game. Yeah, I spent um, a lot of money on that for next gen. Yeah, sad. Um, but Resogun specifically, I remember us talking a lot about the uh, particle effects in that game yeah. were the big thing. Um, and Housemark is a great studio. But I think Knack was supposed to show off like the rendering capabilities of the PlayStation 4 and like Resogun was like the particle effects, you know? Yeah. Um, so both did their job, but not full-fledged um first party experiences i guess nothing crazy nothing crazy whereas if you compare it to xbox one right their launch stuff first of all the original xbox one launched with the connect if you remember that wow i did not remember that (laughs) kill me yeah um so there was some gimmicky connect stuff that they obviously eventually scrapped once donnie matrick left yeah um which, by the way, I mean, fuck you, Don Matrick. You're terrible. Anyway, um, what was... So what were some of the ones? I know Rise, Son of Rome, which ended up being shit. Wait, was The Order 1886 a PS4 launch game or no? It was no. supposed to be and then ended up not being, right? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was an afterthought. So was Watch Dogs, but that's third party. Um, yeah, so they had Rise, Son of Rome. You have a list. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all of them. Dead Rising 3. I could try. Yeah, Rise, Son of Rome and Dead Rising 3 were the two big ones rise specifically for the graphical fidelity um and then you know dead rising was like gameplay wise and uh just spawning rendering um i mean neither of them were and stuff like great games when you look back um but at least Mm -hmm. they were like you know dead rising was forza five that was a big one xbox which was big yeah yeah that's a big one um dead rising's huge like that was a nice one you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's like yeah that's like the third entry and like a really popular and it was a it was like not a reboot it was like a different story it didn't have frank yeah it was a standalone thing right 
Yeah. Um, so the the contrast there is that, you know, those were three really large titles for the Xbox One that yep. all accomplished very different things for the console, right? Yep. Which now we look to the Series X. Yeah, nothing. There's no launch games. Not a single one. Xbox took all of their eggs and put it in the Halo Infinite basket, and it failed. And not only that, but they also put all their eggs in the, um, you know, acquisition of studios basket, which right kind of is good for the long run, but it's going to oh, hurt absolutely. them now. You know, right? So they, I mean, they're like we talked about last week. Their selling point for the Series X is Game Pass. Yep. Right. This ecosystem, which is great, and I love, um, but this last generation Xbox was not able to compete with PlayStation as far as first-party exclusives. Even the ones that Xbox did release, in my opinion, were pretty shit compared to previous iterations of them, including both Gears. I did not like Gears 4 or 5, okay? okay. To be honest with you, they are weak. Gears 4 is definitely fine. Gears 5, didn't like it. Um, compared to, you know, also Halo 4 and 5. Uh, wow. Wow. Crackdown. Crackdown. You have all of these iterations of big IPs for them that kind of just fizzled out, yeah. you know, that are not great, in my opinion. Um, and there, you can definitely still feel that. And I know, you know, this generation is going to be different. When Xbox starts hitting these first-party stuff, it's going to be a fucking great time to be a gamer and playing these exclusives on both platforms. And I cannot wait until it's like week after week after week after week. We get a PlayStation exclusive a couple weeks later. There's an Xbox exclusive. Then we have a big like cyberpunk type. Like it's going to be great. Yep. But Xbox is lagging at the beginning. Okay. Um, compared to PlayStation. Yeah. And it certainly shows that they're lagging because of PlayStation's launch lineup. Yeah. Which we we have gone through. Um, at the top of the pod, but I mean, Bug Snacks, uh, Godfall, jeez, uh, we just talked about. It, I'm not forgetting Miles, Demon Souls, Demon Souls, and Astro's Playroom, which is weird to think about it as like a top tier launch title, but it is. Even though it comes with every console, I don't care. I would I would have paid seventy dollars for that game. <laughs> I didn't know that um, Godfall was an exclusive, but I th you're yeah, right, it is. It's a third. It's a third-party game, and that's made by Gearbox, aka Child Rape Studios. Um, but listen, I won't get into it much. But uh, Randy Pitchford can suck my asshole. Is all I'm saying. So wait, so Godfall is it always going to be PlayStation exclusive, or is it like that? I'm unsure of. I don't okay. know if it's timed. Um, but to me, it seems like right now, like it's just a PlayStation exclusive. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so. what a lineup you have there, you know. You have something yeah. for everyone. You have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. You know? A very diverse slate of games um, that appeal to very different audiences that show off very different strengths of the console. Yeah. Um, and you have games like Godfall, which I forgot about until after the console launched. And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. There's this game Godfall, right, which they showed. That was like really the PlayStation 5, 5's first announced game launch title um yeah. and was supposed to be like a uh showcase for it and i know it hasn't been reviewed that well which is not surprising because gearbox fucking sucks um but 
it's just that's why i'm saying like there's almost too many launch games yeah. for the playstation because you have some of these huge um other games that are just flying under the radar that's right but there's something for everybody which is nice i agree continuing with games brett um something that we've experienced ourselves and that are getting a lot of criticism online or praise depending on the ecosystem that you're involved in is the upgrades of cross-platform or previous gen games to the new systems that's right some you have to pay for some are free right um we've talked about it on the pod before but it's a playstation specifically a little confusing a little confusing for individual games um you have a big thing going on now where people are like buying or downloading the wrong version of call of duty on their ps5 they're downloading the ps4 version but because you have to click on like the little ellipses next to the game and go to the game page and then download the right ver yeah some people are buying the ps5 version and playing the ps4 version because i think if you buy next gen you get the last gen version for free so right right it's a mess it is a mess. And then what? take me through some of just the, the difficulties that you had with stuff. I forget specifically, but when you first got the console and you're looking at your games, you were having a hard time with some things. Yeah, a lot of my games were locked uh, in my mm -hmm. library. And I did a I did a license restore in my settings, and that didn't quite fix everything. Certain games like Nidhogg, um, Watch Dogs 1 specifically are the two that I was like, I know I got those. I know I bought those. Or they were free with Plus, PlayStation yeah. Plus. Um, so yeah, I don't, I didn't quite understand that. Uh, you would click on the game, it would say, <clears throat> it would take you to the, it's in my library, and I'll click on the game, and it would take me to the store and show me a price. And I'm like, how, yeah, how, how's our price if it's in my library? Um, and then on top of that, I downloaded Dead by Daylight because they said they had like a free PS5 update. Right. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh cool, I'll try that out because my biggest gripe with Dead by Daylight was how shitty it ran on consoles. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded it, and then it turned out I downloaded the PS4 version, and I had to click the little ellipses next to the game name, hit PS5 version, and then a download button appeared. And then I was downloading, I had both versions of the game on my console at once. I had to delete the PS4 version. It was a mess. It was a mess. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Um, and then you compare that to Xbox, where they built this infrastructure software back in, I don't how whatever you want to call it this uh, so Xbox smart delivery where if the game has the ability right to have an upgraded version or have a Xbox series version versus an Xbox one version right mm -hmm. whatever platform you are playing on it will automatically download and run the optimized version for the system that you're on so if you're on the xbox series x you don't have to worry that you're playing the xbox one version of the game if you're on xbox one you don't have to worry that your console is not gonna be able to support the series version of the game yeah. so they have built this infrastructure and i believe that um developers have to opt in to the smart <coughs> delivery to make it free yeah right but it's not going to be an issue if you go to the store on your series x and download let's say assassin's creed valhalla right it's going to give you the correct version because of the smart delivery feature. That's right. And it's a lot more convenient. You avoid all of the shit that happened with me. Mm -hmm. um, but the list is is quite small. They're going to have For to now. get yeah. some devs that opt in. Uh, right. But it's definitely a cool feature. And it, it almost feels gimmicky and markety. Like, 
this game supports smart delivery. Wouldn't like it's really not like they're doing. I guess they are doing something like you said. It's hard to. Is it a feature? Is it an infrastructure? Is it? A, you know what I mean? What is it? Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's just saying, hey, this game is going to run at the the version that it's supposed to run. You know, right. Um, but it's nice that there's something there for that, and then you won't get that like weird messaging slash confusion from devs, similar to like that whole Spider-Man stuff that we've talked about. Exactly. Um, how it's just very confusing about okay, what version of the game do I need to buy to get this X, Y, and Z? I want the PS5. Like it's it's kind of, kind of removes some of that confusion. Absolutely. With it. Um, and I know it's at launch. You know, there's gonna always gonna be hiccups and issues, um, but. I think that's something that PlayStation really should address and figure out um, because it's very confusing and it's annoying people, um, ourselves included. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of PlayStation, continuing with that, Britt, unless you have anything else that you would like to add to the uh, previous discussion, but I feel like we've, we said everything. That's it. Um, We wanted to make a little video for the people at home, you, who just bought a PlayStation 5, who maybe have not been involved in the ecosystem of PlayStation. We wanted to give you some tips, tricks, hints, guides, tidbits, nuggets for you to navigate your new console. That's right. So where do you want to start, Brett? So let's, I'm gonna, I made a little list here. Let's run down the list. So let's do uh, it. For those that are new to the PlayStation ecosystem, you might be seeing a lot of advertisements for PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. It's a subscription-based uh, system where you basically pay a couple bucks a month and you get access to online and you can play multiplayer games. Now, that might be what you think, like, that's all you think it is, but there's a lot more to PlayStation Plus than just being able to play games online with your friends. That's right. So number one is the free games. Yes. Death loop? No. <laughs> February. Um, so there's also the PlayStation Plus collection, Josh. Yes. Do you want to explain what the PlayStation Plus collection is? I certainly do, Brett. The PlayStation Plus collection is basically some of the best hits from PlayStation 4. Uh, first party you mostly there are some other ones on there um that you can basically just go into a store page right it's called the playstation plus collection so on your ps5 dashboard um either in the store or in your library there's a playstation plus section um and you basically just go in there and there's something called the playstation plus collection and you can just claim all of the best games from the last generation so you know last of us is in there god of war things like that you just go in and claim them and then you can download them and play them like a playstation plus game okay so something to keep in mind with your playstation plus games and the playstation um, collection games is that first of all make sure that you claim them you don't need to download them right away but make sure that you claim them so they're linked to your account and as long as you have an active playstation plus membership you will have access to those games okay that's right and you you only have that month to that to claim those games so 
don't don't think that you could just be like, oh, I'm gonna go back and get bug snacks mm -hmm. in a few months. That's not gonna it's not gonna be there anymore. But if you right. claim it and add it to your account, like Josh said, you could download it from the PlayStation Store whenever you want. So right. I recommend every month, one at least once a month, go on there, check what games are on the PlayStation Plus free game section, claim them to your account. Um, and same goes for the PlayStation Plus collection. As of right now, we're not really sure when or how often they're going to be adding games to that. So, you know, stay tuned for that information. We really don't have anything on that yet. Right. Uh, but just claim them. Claim them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then continuing with the PlayStation Plus features, Brett, you want to talk about the online save backups that I know we probably have both used already since getting the console? Yeah. Two hundred fifty megabytes, yeah, something like that, or gigabytes, or sixteen. I'm gonna look it up. You keep talking. need to revert to an old save you could just check and make sure you have a save on the cloud download that to your console you're good to go anything josh uh so it looks like it's up to 100 gigabytes of save data that sounds wrong no i think that's correct is it really 100 gigabytes yeah i had several damn tens of gigabytes yeah it's a lot of storage yeah and it's free so it's it pretty is free. awesome um anyway it's great i know you and i have both used it already yeah. um uh, uploaded at you know when i was closing out my ps4 i uploaded everything that was on there i left some games on my playstation 4 i transferred some over to an extended hard drive and then i just put that hard drive on my ps4 and then i went in to my cloud and i clicked boop 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 boop, boop. all these games are on my hard drive i want these saves downloaded done yeah and as i mentioned you know if there's ever a time where your a game crashes or, or you get stuck in a game in a spot where it's glitched uh, it's a good it's a good opportunity. You could go into your, your online saves, download them from the cloud, and maybe you'll have one that goes back a little bit further so you can, you know, save yourself from that glitch. Yeah. Uh, just make sure you have automatic uploads on because you can turn that off. Mm -hmm. No. Lead in, Josh, to the next thing, which is rest mode. Yes. Um, if you actually have automatic uploads on for your cloud saves, it'll right. automatically do that in rest mode. Yes. So good feature to have. Now, what is rest mode? Josh, yes, I was we are the ask. kings of rest mode. Us? Us. What is rest kings. mode? Rest mode is something that you should always use and never not use. If you're using a PlayStation console, I want you to always put your console into rest mode. And if you don't, you're bad. And here's why you should do it. Okay, listen, rest mode. When you put your PlayStation 4 or 5 into rest mode, your PlayStation console into rest mode, here's what it allows you to do. First of all, it will auto update games in the background as long as you have it ticked on if your console is in rest mode. Okay, so let's say I'm playing, I you know, I'm playing demon souls for example right yeah you know, i have the game open running on my console whatever or it's closed but it's on my console i have automatic downloads for updates on 
put my console into rest mode. Oop, 3 a.m. There's an update. Guess what's going to happen at 3 a.m.? It's going to download the update for the game and it's going to be ready to go. So the next morning when I go to play that game, it's there. You know what happens if I don't have it in rest mode, right? Then I got to turn on my console and then, then it's going to be like, oh, hey, there's an update for this game. Oh, now I got to download it. Guess what? Now I can't play until it downloads. Okay. So automatic downloads is the best thing. For the PlayStation 4 specifically, and I don't know about this for PlayStation 5, to be honest with you, but it downloads games quicker on PlayStation 4. So PlayStation 4's wireless card is abysmal. We know this already, okay? If you put it into rest mode, that game is going to download probably four times faster than it would if not in rest mode. Is the same thing with PS5 or no? Do you know that, actually? Yeah. I know. Yeah, so that might not matter as much. But on the PlayStation 4, yes, but PlayStation 5, I don't know. Um, also, when you put your console into rest mode, it will give power to the USB ports in there for you to con you know, charge your controllers, headset, whatever it might be. You know, we're using the gold, or the gold, the uh, 3D PS dual Pulse. That's it. The Pulse headsets for PlayStation 5 right now, okay? Um, and you can have the power... Okay, to the USB ports in rest mode go forever or up to three hours or two hours or one hour, um, which I think that forever feature is something new that was not on PlayStation 4 because I looked. Um, so you can output power and you can charge your stuff without having to worry about your console being on or plug them into like wall outlets or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, the other thing and the last most important thing, at least that I can think of, is that if you're playing a game, right? and you're done playing for the night, you put it, you pause it, you save it, whatever it might be, you put your console into rest mode, guess what happens the next time you turn on your console from rest mode? You don't have to boot up the game again. You don't have to boot up your console again. You don't have to sit there. Now, PlayStation 5, they're pretty quick anyway, but imagine just turning it on and being right back where you left off in literally less than two seconds. That's it. That's right. Exactly where you are. Am I missing anything for rest mode, Brett, or is that... Pretty much it. So to clarify, should people put their PlayStation console into rest mode? Yeah. We actually have several videos for you. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Trophies, big, big two. We didn't put that on there, but trophies. Oh, we just talking about PlayStation. I just meant in general. You don't need PlayStation Plus for trophies, but. I agree. Right. That's right. I have, I'm about to get my 14th one. Yeah, Miles is going to be my 14th one. But anyway, yeah, so that's it for PlayStation tips. Welcome. <laughs> yes, good song. Good song. Very yeah. good. Okay, Brett, to round out the pod this week, as we do every week, like that little noise you made. It's quite crisp in my ears. Um, Indie Intel. 
a segment where we talk about up and coming indie games, things that we think that you games that we think that you should support made by smaller teams, smaller developers, and are therefore classified as independent games. This week, Brett, we are talking about a game called Chain Monsters. Chain Monsters is a massive multiplayer online RPG where you catch, battle, trade, explore, and combine different types of monsters to counter your opponents. Gameplay centers around a new and improved battle system, the cross-platform multiplayer, which allows you to connect with your friends and venture across the game world and Korra together. Chain Monsters is the beautiful marriage of, fav of fa uh, developer favorites, Game Boy and SNES video games, connected with a real-time multiplayer and a high-bit Studio Ghibli-inspired art style. Taking inspiration from classic monster-catching RPGs such as Pokemon, we have added unique twists and mechanics that improve the genre experience, and thanks to Flow blockchain integration, make you progress chain mons, items, and inventory fully available on blockchain. I don't know what the blockchain is, but cool. Blockchain is what Bitcoin runs off of. It's similar technology. It's just a type of technology. It's not Bitcoin. It's the technology that runs Bitcoin. Uh. I'm not getting into blockchain right now. It's going to hurt my head. Okay. Fair enough. So, wow, this game looks cool. Okay. Yeah. So, this is basically Pokemon, like old Game Boy Pokemon uh, mixed with Temtem. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Temtem is a Pokemon clone where you could play online with friends. It's massively multiplayer online. It's an MMO. Mm -hmm. um, you see other people walking around. You know, me and Josh could link up together and walk around together uh, mm -hmm. and have double battles together, too, which is a cool, unique feature. But this is that but in a Game Boy Advance art style. Right. Which, you know, a lot of my Pokemon days were on the Game Boy Advance and the Nintendo yeah. DS. So mm -hmm. I really like it. And the Studio uh, Ghibli stuff, like, we've seen a couple of games with that art style, like mm -hmm. Nino Kuni. Yeah. But we've never seen it done in, like, a sprite style, right. you know? Right, yeah. So that's kind of cool, too. Yeah. No, listen, I think I think it works really well. Um, it is, it's just, it's very, it just mashes up a lot of things that take a lot of boxes for us. Yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, it looks really cool. So uh, important to note, there is a demo available now, which, you know, we'll put links in the descriptions. Um, they are trying to launch on all platforms. Um, there's a closed alpha coming soon if it didn't already start. Um, which I don't believe it actually did. Um, they're shooting for 2021. Now, to be honest, this game is <laughs> like over a thousand percent funded already. Um, so it, they had the fuck funded out of it. They asked for like almost $12,000 and they're almost up to $120,000. Jesus Christ. Which is fucking nuts. Uh, just sitting around 600 backers right now. Now, by the time this video goes out, the, um, the campaign is probably going to be done. Okay, um, but we're still going to link the Kickstarter campaign. We still want you to check out the product, add it to your wishlist on Steam, download the demo on Steam, um, follow it, 
because this game looks pretty fucking slick. Yeah. A few more things I could add. I did see when I was looking at the page that yeah. they are doing. Um, they're kind of like catering to like a hardcore Pokemon fan base, not so much the kid fan base that right. Nintendo seems to constantly focus on. Mm-hmm. And they have features like Nuzlocking, which is a game, basically a hard, hardcore game mode where if your uh, creature dies, you have to remove it from your party and uh, continue on. Now, that's not an officially supported feature in Pokemon, but a lot of fan, um, you know, ROM hacks and stuff like that will have right. Nuzlocking in it. Um, and on top of that, I saw that there's a very big focus on competitive battling in this game. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will be pretty excited about that because competitive Pokemon is very popular. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, I mean, this yeah. is pretty sweet. It's, it's catering to the right fans. You know what I mean? They're going after a niche that Nintendo refuses to acknowledge in Game Freak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, it's the dream Pokemon game, the online with your friends Pokemon game that everyone wants, you know? Right. Right. So, so yeah, check it out. The chain monsters coming probably 2021 check it out links in the description all right all right brett that's another week that's Down. another week and josh i gotta tell you i love doing this love mm-hmm. sitting here and talking to y'all for the pod but i got a playstation 5 back there that's uh calling my name my friend I see it. I have one that's calling my name too, but unfortunately I feel like a cuck because Demon Souls is calling my name and I feel like I'm just logging into my console to just be fucked in the ass. Yeah, I think I'm going to look up a guide before I start playing because I am stuck. I have such a uh, disdain for using guides when I play video games um, because I <laughs> it, want to do it myself. It's almost mandatory. I know, dude. I just... I want to do it myself, um, but you know what? Sometimes it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to get help. That's right. Yeah. I agree. Um, so thank you, everybody, for checking out our podcast. Um, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all those things. Our socials are in the descriptions. Uh, we do discussion videos every week, which is the pod broken down into small topics, and then obviously the full pod where there's some extra stuff in there. Um, like this like yeah like this um so if you made it this far especially please subscribe um we really appreciate it It supports us a lot um like i like we said at the top of the pod we're gonna have some stuff about the game awards coming out where we're gonna be doing a live stream and a special kind of uh game awards ourself uh episode version of hapticast um coming to around the game awards time okay anything to add brett before we wrap up uh just that i want to suck all you off thanks for watching Okay, there you go. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode of Hapticast. Make sure to check out some of our previous episodes and some of our discussion videos as well by clicking somewhere around my head. And also, like, comment, and subscribe.